Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sigma and today... We're switching sides. We've been talking about defensive players for the Summer Scouting Series over the last couple of episodes, but now we're moving back to the offensive side of the ball. we got to talk about the big boys. we got to talk about the franchise left tackles, the players who have the chance to go top 20, top 15, top 10, maybe even number one overall. There's a handful of offensive tackles in this class a lot of people have a ton of high hopes for. I don't think it's going to be as polished as, say, the Jedrick Bulls, Mekhi Becton, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs draft class, but we always know that the NFL wants to draft the next great offensive lineman. That's why it's in the same category as top pass rushers, top quarterbacks. We got to find out who among this group going into the college football season has the chance to be that next kind of franchise left tackle player, people that are going to flood mock drafts for the next, shoot, six, seven, eight months, whatever it is. We're going to get to know some of the biggest names here on this podcast with a really great guest. All right, let's talk about the big boys on the offensive side of things. This is how we're capping the summer scouting series. I have on with me once again, back by popular demand. Jordan Reed from the Draft Network. You know him. You love him. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me again on the Summer Scouting Series. Trevor, it's always a blessing, like I said, being in your presence, man. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> man, just I like I keep inviting Jordan back. Actually, it's not for you guys and the scouting tidbits that you get to hear. It's literally just because Jordan intros me better than any guest that we have. So uh, that's why that's why I keep bringing him back. But uh, we got to start with this offensive tackle class, talking about a guy who... Man, I feel like took social media by storm this summer when he did like yeah. this giant box jump at 350 pounds, and that is Alabama's Evan Neal. This dude, man, so some measurables, six foot seven, 350, 360 pounds, somewhere around there. He's a junior from Alabama. He's got a hell of a football background, too. I, I found this out when I was doing some background on him. He's the nephew of the former two-time Super Bowl champ, Jimmy Jones. He's also the mm-hmm. nephew of Cleveland Gary, who was the NFL's rushing champion in 1990. His dad also played football, right? I believe his dad played football, correct? Yeah, he did. I mean, he like, has a he has an impressive dude, line just, of genes for dude, sure. It's just in his blood. Football is just absolutely <laughs> in his blood. And so, wasn't always an offensive tackle. Started 13 games as a left tackle his true freshman season. And then he started 13 games at right tackle last year. So he did what it feels like a lot of really great Alabama offensive linemen do, where they start in the middle because it's Nick Saban just wants to get him on the field right away, and then they'll move to one of the other tackle spots. And so as we get to project Evan Neal as a tackle prospect and a guy who you think is going to play left tackle at the next level, what'd you like about Evan Neal? There's a lot to like. And so we're doing this new thing this year in our scouting meetings of where we try to sum up a player in one sentence, just because you could go on and on. And we got this from Les Snead, just listening to Les Snead talk. And what they do in the draft meetings, instead of going on and on about a player, talking about their background, positives and negatives, he has their scouts sum up a player in one sentence. So that's something that we're doing new this year. So my one liner for Evan Neal was that if I was a celebrity, 
and I could choose one player to be my bodyguard. Evan Neal would be that That's guy. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Just because, I mean, the size, six foot seven, 360 pounds. I think uh, reports came out a couple of weeks ago that he's down to 345 now, which is good for him. He looks every bit of his measurables and just a bulldozer in the run game. That's the first thing that stands out about him. Like he creates dents in the defense, Notre Dame, the college football playoff, like he put on a clinic in that game. As far as run blocking, you can bring up uh, plenty of other games throughout the year where he was just phenomenal as a run blocker. Of course, the size is something else that stands out. And then he's kind of on that Jonah Williams, Alex Leatherwood plan. Like you mentioned of where he started, at guard his freshman season transitioned to right tackle last year and now he's going to end up on the left side this year and what is one thing that the nfl loves is pedigree he has experience at guard he has yeah. experience at tackle and then he's coming from a big program like alabama we've seen them churn out offensive linemen every single year now if i did have to point out a negative i think his footwork does need a little bit of work he is a little bit raw as a pass rusher. And if you watch the Texas A&M game to Marvin Leal, he had some big time struggles against him at the point of attack. And then just his explosiveness up the field, he did struggle a little bit with that. So that is my one caveat with him of that. He's still trying to figure it out as a pass protector, which does worry me a little bit just because he's transitioning to a new position as well, which means going from the right side to the left side. So right. he's learning how to be a pass protector and he's learning new footwork this year as well. But I mean, regardless of how he plays this year, he's going to be a top 15 pick just because yeah, of the size, where he comes from, and then just the film that he's already put out there. So, I mean, we're talking about a big-time offensive tackle prospect for sure. He is built so well, too. You know, you talk about guys yeah. who, like, sometimes they'll carry too much weight up top or, like, sometimes they'll carry too much weight in the bottom, which, you know, I mean, lower half, it's it's better for offensive linemen anyways because you kind of want them to be able to anchor. You want the sand in the pants, if you will, uh, borrowing that scouting term. He's just really just, it feels like well-rounded. And for 360 pounds, it just is not very natural. And I feel like unnatural is a great way to describe Evan Neal because he really isn't. He moves so well for a player that big. And I think that he's got really light feet. I mean, when he's kicking back in his pass sets, I feel like he's really great. Now, you mentioned it. Okay, so you say it's a footwork thing. I couldn't exactly pinpoint it, but it just, it feels like, for whatever reason, there are some reps where guys get by him, and I, I think to myself, I was like, man, this dude's massive. Like, I know he's strong, and he's got so much mass. How are these guys getting around him so easy? And it feels like he just doesn't have that balance to him sometimes, and it would make sense that that would be a footwork thing, because of course... Offensive line and trench play, it's it's bottom up, right? I mean, it's how it's it's what you do with yeah. your feet first, and it goes up through the legs and where your where your core is and how you're balanced and everything like that. And that's especially true with offensive line play. And so that makes a lot of sense because the biggest critique I had of him is just at, at times he he looked like he didn't know where to place his weight or he wasn't so confident in where his power was coming from. And because of that, you were seeing a six foot seven, three hundred and sixty pound man get. I don't want to say manhandled, but I guess like people were disengaging his blocks easier than I feel like should be the case for a player of his size. So that was my that was my big critique of him. But if you say it's footwork, then that's something that feels like it can be fixed. 
Yeah, and that's why I said it's going to be an interesting year for him, especially still learning how to be a pass protector and then moving to a different side as well, just because, you know, a right tackle, you have your left foot up and your right foot back, and now it's completely opposite with his right foot up and his left foot back. So just little things like that he's going to have to learn, but I think he's going to figure it out just because we know with Alabama, we know they're going to be right in the thick of things, if not win it pretty much every single year, and Evan Neal is going to be a big part of that. So here's another guy that, man, I mean – to say that 2021 will be interesting for this player is maybe underselling it a little bit. That's Zion Nelson, the offensive tackle from Miami. Now, six foot five, 315 pounds. He's a junior this season. Man, he moves super well. But his background yeah. and where he's coming from, how he got to what we're about to see this season is very interesting. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. I've read that he was the 114th ranked tackle in his class. And he was the... 14th hundredth ranked player total in the class, which is nuts. Like that, that yeah. is unbelievably low for a player that is Zion. I almost said Zion Williamson, Zion Nelson's size. Sorry. Hey, hey, he would, he would be a good offensive tackle. Too, would, by the way. I wouldn't bet against him. No doubt about it. Um, and so I, it's just so hard to think that a guy like this who moves the way that Zion Nelson does would be rated that low, but you looked at his early work when he was in Miami, and he started as a freshman, and uh, it didn't go well. And by didn't go well, I mean that Miami's offensive line was one of the worst in the country in 2019, and there was no left tackle who gave up more pressures than Zion Nelson did in that 2019 season. Now, 2020 is a little bit better. It started rocky still because the only reason why I read that he got hit that left tackle spot back is because of injuries that happened in front of him on the depth chart, but... He was able to get that spot back, struggled a little bit early on, but then ended that 2020 season actually pretty dang strong. And so what do you think of Zion Nelson now going into this season? He's definitely a very interesting story. He actually was supposed to go to Appalachian State. Like that was his biggest offer. And then Miami came out of nowhere and then offered him. And then it was all she wrote after that. Obviously, if you get offered from those two, you're going to go to the bigger school with Miami winning it in the end. So you see a lot of those raw aspects a lot with him just because – he, he has the athleticism that you love at the position, but everything is just missing outside of that right now. His hands are a mess. His hand strike as far as his accuracy. Uh, I think his pass sets definitely need work. So the thing with Nelson is that I'm not sure if it's taught at Miami. It seems like it is. It's, if you remember Andre Dillard when he was coming out, right. he has those 45-degree yeah. sets of where he just tries to angle guys off and cut them off really quickly as opposed to taking vertical sets straight back. So when he takes those vertical sets back, it's really foreign to him. And if you go watch the Duke game, Victor DiMacchese took him to the woodshed, man. Like it was just an absolute clinic in that game. And if you want to see all his warts and all his weaknesses, just go look at that game. DiMacchese just had his way with him the entire game. So, I mean, I see him going in top five, top ten of my drafts. I know my, uh, Ty McShay liked him a lot as well, but it's just based off potential. And I understand he has the athleticism, but there's just so much more that needs to come to fruition for him to turn into that type of player. And that's not to say he can't get there, right. but as far as it being there right now, it's just not there right now for him. Man, you know, you mentioned DMKJ is a really great example because the biggest critique that I had of him when I watched him, obviously he's a very raw prospect anyways, but it felt like he didn't have a lot of anticipation. Like it felt like, it felt like Zion Nelson could athletically get in front of somebody 
But then once he did, he didn't exactly know what to do after that. Like, he didn't exactly know, okay, he's attacking my outside shoulder. This is where I need to place my hand. Or, like, he's coming straight at me right at my chest. These are where I need to place my hands. Like, this is what I need to do next. This is how I need to anchor. It just felt like he was reading and reacting way too much. And, of course, like, that's part of playing offensive tackle. You don't always get to be the tone setter. Sometimes it is about sitting back, letting the pass rusher kind of expose their first move and then you counter it correctly but whatever the situation was for Zion Nelson it felt like he did not have that anticipation and awareness of what was coming next and man when you look at him he'll pass the eye test 10 10 times out of 10 right I mean because not only is he six foot five 315 pounds but he's got the long arms too you know he's got that going for him and the feet are very quick and all of that but he just I agree with you he he has not put it all together yet and you saw a lot of ugly from him in 2019 and even some flash in 2020 but it was nice to see him finish at least the best that he's ever been at the end of that last season yeah and that's something that you want to see especially if you're expecting somebody to take that next bump up or the arrow is pointing up and I think this is a prospect of where the light is a vision of really you're hoping it comes on eventually with him but if you're drafting him based off of his athleticism I think he's probably going to be a second round guy but now if he is able to galvanize all those traits and bundle it around that athleticism now we're talking about a first round type of player but you're just waiting for that to come from him right now and like you said I think he's more of the reactor as opposed to the aggressor right now yeah makes sense okay mississippi states charles cross six foot five 305 pounds he's a red shirt sophomore red shirted his first year and this is an important part of his background he red shirted his first year to gain some weight and when i say gain some weight i mean that he showed up to mississippi state 270 pounds six foot five 270 pounds for an offensive tackle they had to get this dude on some like two times a day peanut butter and jelly sandwiches one of them's at least after midnight whatever it is because this guy had to gain a lot of weight 25 30 pounds to really just get himself on the field and I think that you see that a lot in his tape that he is still adjusting to having a little bit more weight on him adjusting to having a little bit more strength but when you look at Charlie Cross I think same thing with Zion uh, Nelson there's athleticism to like is that the boasting trait here with Cross for sure. And I'm just going to say, this is one of my early draft crushes. I'm a Ooh, big fan. Let's I'm, a, go. I'm a big Charles okay. Cross guy. I had him going, I think, 16th overall in my latest mock draft. I don't really remember the Love team it. that I had Love him it. going to, but I had him going uh, middle of the first round. And the thing that gives me hope about Charles Cross, so I'm not sure if you dove deep into his background. So he was a three-star recruit all the way up into his senior year. And then he finished his senior year as a five-star recruit. And he's gotten better every single year. And I think the weight is something that is eventually going to come with him. I've talked to some people down there at Mississippi State. They say he's hovering around 300 pounds right now. And like you mentioned, he came in at 270. He has athleticism for days. But I think the difference between him and Nelson is the strength factor. And he's very high-waisted. He has a very thin waist, I should say. Mm -hmm. Still a little bit of a thin frame as well. But the athleticism that you see with him, I think it is just oozing in and out of his game. I think he's stronger than what his frame indicates as well. And then if you go watch him against Georgia and Alabama, he held up really well in both of those games. And those are the two games that everybody is going to pop in first when Mm -hmm. you're talking about an SEC offensive tackle. So we talk about a player with the arrow that is definitely pointing up. 
I love a player that has just gotten better every single year. And then you have to remember this. He's only going to be a retro sophomore this year. So there is a lot of pounds for him to put on. I think he easily can add another 10 to 15 pounds to his frame. Now, the one caveat about Cross is that he does play in a Mike Leach offense. So they play with those big offensive lineman splits. There's like three to four yards in between the, the guard and the tackle. Right. So he's pretty much on an island every single pass protection situation. Now, the run blocking, that's something that we're not really going to know about until he gets to the next level, just because looking at their splits last year, they passed the ball 81% of their plays last year so we only got to see him 19 percent of the reps i think he played in like a little over 800 snaps last year so out of those 800 snaps only 19 percent were run blocking so we really don't know what he's going to be as a run blocker on the next level but with this athleticism if you put him in a zone scheme i think he'll be just fine so i think this is a player when we're talking about at the end of the year i think he's going to end up being a first round pick Body type wise, he reminded me a lot of DeMar Dotson and I I covered DeMar during his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and DeMar was just this steady Eddie right tackle and it's not like a total um, like like a prospect process kind of a comp because DeMar Dotson won a lot off of just straight experience. I mean, he became a technician in what he was doing. He became the wily vet for for the Buccaneers O-line for a really mm-hmm. long time as that right tackle. And so obviously Cross would have a long way to go to get to that type of DeMar Dotson's game, but the thing about Dotson is, you know, he's a he's a big dude as well. I mean, I think he's about Oh, what is he like? Probably six foot eight. I mean, like he's huge and he's got this this longer body. And the crazy part about Dotson is we interviewed him back when I was working at Pewterport. We interviewed him during the offseason. And this was like peak offseason. You know, like he's a vet. He doesn't have to go mm-hmm. to these voluntary workouts. He knows that he's already got a spot on the team and everything. And he was skinny, man. Like he looked like a basketball yeah. player. And yet he would gain all this weight to play in during the season. And I, I wonder if that's going to be the thing with Cross. And I, I really do. I, I, I believe you. And I think that he is, you've got to view him in a different light because not all prospects you can look at and say, what can this guy do for me year one? And I feel like Cross, right. even if he has a good year next year, I'm with you. I think we're still, you know, three, maybe four years away from him really putting on weight putting on a good amount of strength, being comfortable with all that, and then just becoming a really athletic, solid offensive lineman. But that's not going to be there yet, even if I think he has a good year at Mississippi State. I'm with you. I feel like he's a he's a project that's a couple of years away. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think you have to take a learn long-term play and long-term vision when you're talking about cross. Let's look at Jackson Kirkland, the offensive tackle from Washington next Another big dude, man. Six foot seven, 295 pounds. I believe he's a redshirt senior this year. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he is a redshirt yeah. senior this year. He played 25 games at right guard during his redshirt freshman and sophomore seasons before moving out to offensive tackle. What did you think about uh, Kirkland when he popped on his tape? I liked him a lot. And this was a player that Dre Harris, our Pac-12 scout, introduced to us and he put a big grade on him. So when we did cross checks, he was the first he was the first player that everybody went and checked out. And we all agreed that this is a big time player. And you talk about a player that has athleticism and then is already polished as a pass protector and a run blocker. Jackson Kirkland is that. And for some 
some people in our in our scout meeting see Ashley was OT1 for a lot of guys. Now he wasn't that for me, but he is OT1 for some people in our scouting meetings just because you're talking about a Colton Miller type, Brian O'Neill, Ezra Cleveland, Samuel Cosme. He has that type of build along those similar lines. And we've seen the success that all of those guys have had, maybe not right away, but as far as the athleticism and then what they eventually can be, that's what you're getting with Jackson Kirkland. And also you have to have this in mind. He's only played four career games at left tackle. And what he put on tape last year, considering that he only played four games, was absolutely phenomenal. And he actually lost weight. So he was 325 pounds when he was playing guard. He slimmed down to 295. And you can see it on tape. Like, he has no weight at all in his lower half. And I think he eventually can get back up to that 310 to 315 range and still keep that same type of athleticism. So we're talking about a player along the lines of, like I mentioned earlier, like a Brian O'Neill, Ezra Cleveland. He's much more polished than Colton Miller was coming out, but just trying to paint a picture of what the type of player that you're getting in Jackson Kirkland. Did you get any, did you get any like, guard play style concerns with him playing out at tackle because I kind like I kind of did I, I I see that he's polished enough to as just an offensive lineman in general to like hold his own when he's on the outside because he's just seen a lot like he's got a lot of reps under his belt so I feel like he could survive at left tackle but I felt like his play style was still kind of offensive guard-ish. I, I, I don't know if you, if you saw that from him or if you really just think, nah, he's totally made the transition to offensive tackle. No, I'm right there with you. And, I mean, he started 25 games at guard, so that's kind of like what he's used to. He's used to having those bumpers on each side, so you can take a little bit more risk at guard. And what I mean by that is tussling with guys, being a little bit more aggressive just because you have two guys over your shoulder. Now you necessarily can't do that at tackle just because you're out on the island and him being that left tackle, I mean, you're protecting the blind side of the quarterback. So he's taking a lot of risk and you would like to see him tone down the aggressiveness a little bit just because it results in him whipping sometimes him being a waist bender at times as well. So I think it's just a matter of him overcoming and understanding that he's not at guard anymore. Yeah, that makes that 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 part of it definitely makes sense because he's got a he's got a veteran style to him. I know I just said that he kind of had a guard style to him, but like you can tell he knows what he's doing. You know, you know when it's a zone play, inside or out, like he's fired off the ball. He knows exactly yeah. what he needs to target. He knows exactly how to wall a guy off, where his target is going to be. I mean, he just understands a lot. And I think that, you know, he has those wide bases to be able to push guys, control guys and really anchor well and you know, it is it it is kind of a contrast from those first couple of guys that we talked about where you're looking at their development and you need to see more from them. And then you pop on Kirkland's tape and you go, okay, like this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. So I think that they're just very different watches, but man, OT one. All right, there we go. That's some love that I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think that I was going to hear that because I liked Kirkland, but I wondered if yeah. people would be skeptical about it with him really having a lot of guard experience to him, that big time guard background. And with him being a red shirt senior, I wonder if people uh, would really buy into how good he can be, but maybe he's going to be that steady Eddie kind of a player that, you know, a lot of people like Liam Eikenberg as a left tackle from Notre Dame. And, you know, there were other more athletic offensive tackles in the class last year, but Eikenberg had a lot of fans just because he was so good he was so reliable you didn't have to worry about him on the left tackle side I know I felt that way uh, about Eichenberg myself but before we get out of here uh, I know we went over those four guys in depth but 
Anybody else from the offensive class, offensive tackle class, I should say, that you've had your eye on that you liked in summer scouting or that maybe the rest of the scouting staff has really liked? Yeah, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M definitely is one, and he's definitely a, a guard type. He's about six foot three, 325 pounds, and they're actually transitioning him to left tackle. There's been some reports that he's even moved to the right side, so we'll see what happens in Texas A&M's opener. But very strong individual, um, very experienced as well. Texas A&M lost four guys up front, so he's the lone guy coming back. He's a he's extremely strong individual that's the one thing that really stands out about him very smart as well I don't really see him as a tackle on the next level so I'm really interested to see how long that experiment lasts I don't really have a good feeling about it honestly as far as how long he's going to hold up there just because he's not a super athletic type of player as well and he kind of has that compact build uh, associated with him as well another one is Darian Kennard from from Kentucky Mm -hmm. he kind of reminds you of that that Cody Ford Deion Dawkins type of body and then there's going to be a lot of mixed reviews about him of whether he's a guard or is he a tackle you're going to see him in interior offensive lineman rankings and then offensive tackle alignment or offensive tackle rankings as well so Darian Kennard definitely is another name to keep an eye on all right there we go that's Jordan Reed he is the best in the game at one sentence scouting and also at introing me <laughs> on this podcast which I very much appreciate Jordan it's always great having you on here man I appreciate you joining me again absolutely thanks as always true All right, ladies and gentlemen, there we go. That is the 2021 Summer Scouting Series. It was a little bit all over the place with Ben being here for the start of it and then us going guest to guest for uh, the remainder of the episodes, but I learned a ton. I love doing this. Hopefully, you guys loved this series as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We got one more episode coming up this week. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.